Welcome to the official Smashboards Podcast. That's right, everybody. We're back, and we're coming to you just after Super SmashCon. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but how about I introduce everyone who's with me here today? With me on the podcast is Duppy. Hello. And ZV. Oh, nice to be here again. Yeah, it's it's nice to kind of have, you know, some regular regulars on the show. Let you all get to know us a little bit. We're all really cool people. Yeah, we try. Definitely. Last time I was on was last time I was on was the first one, so I missed the last couple, but I, I want to make a good Arnold Schwarzenegger joke, but I just can't. I don't know. My brain's off tonight. <laughs> that's you perfectly could, fine. Right, that's we true. got a lot of Smash to talk because about. So that's Super all Smash right. Con, I mean, we're, we're, we're recording this on like Sunday night, like right after Super Smash Con, like just got done. So yeah. there was some awesome stuff this weekend. It, I don't know what kind of order we want to go through. Do we want to start with like the oldest game in the series to the newest? Like how do we how do we want to do this? I think we should go in the order that the convention went and go sixty four. Oh, uh, Brawl, Brawl came first, actually. Did Brawl come first? I feel like Brawl came. Yeah, first. Yeah, I think that'd be better. So, yeah. All right. Wait a minute. Then I, I have something even better to start off with. Really quick. Super Smash Flash Two got Luigi. There we go. That that's about it for the news. There, it's exciting. There's a trailer. Go watch that on Smashboards. <laughs> that's. I'm just patiently oh, I waiting till I can play as Isaac in that game, because Isaac is awesome. Yeah, I, I can't I'm wait to get the release date on it. That's gonna announced. be awesome. I need to get back into Super Smash Flash. I played a bit, and then I. Yeah. I should play more. So there, there's the news there. Now on to the little more, you know, hardcore stuff. Brawl. So this is the first big Brawl tournament. I mean, big. There's been some smaller ones here and there. Shoutouts to another Smash Bros. writer, Pitch01, and a lot of the Brawl tournaments that she hosts. And there's a couple other ones, smaller ones here and there. But this is like the first major tournament, I think, that's had a big showing for Brawl since Apex, right? Unless I'm somehow forgetting something. Yes. And yeah, I guess we, have so. over, we had over 100 people come in for Brawl. A lot of actually really good matches, which is kind of neat. And of course, you know, the the Grand Finals, if if you haven't seen this yet, you've seen them yet, you know, sorry, we're going to be ruining you with spoilers. We got to see uh, Bowser and Samus, you know, like most Brawl tournaments, because that was such a common occurrence. Yeah, unfortunately, oh, that, that was a bit fraudulent, but it was entertaining. It did really get the crowd pumping towards the end, although definitely fraudulent. The, yeah, I actually got really excited for <laughs> when the Bowser came out. The only thing, the the stream uh, the stream shut off during the Bowser match in Grand Finals, so that was oh. unfortunate. But apart from that, yeah, apart from that, we had really good finals. Yeah, uh, it is King amazing won. to see. He's just still so on point in that game, like scary on point. It's impressive. Yeah, I really liked the diversity in the top eight. Yeah, oh yeah, we even got to see Kiwi too on stream with Kirby. That was awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, I know some people have said, you know, a lot of people were having a little bit more fun, so maybe that's why we got a little bit more lucky with the character diversity. And I mean, that's outside of the Bowser Samus thing too, you know. People. 
it, people are probably not as fresh on Brawl. So, you know, yeah. there were some flubs here and there, but the games were really solid, and it was actually kind of neat. We got to see top-level play of characters I miss, like Snake. It's very yeah. sad to not have Snake in the new games. Yeah, it wasn't one of the most um, serious, I guess, would be the way to say it. I don't know what the right word would be. But, um, of course, since we saw the Bowser and the Samus, um, it wasn't like... They're, obviously, mm-hmm. it wasn't Esam's best characters. Yes. Yep, that was, was Esam. Right, I'm not stupid. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, it wasn't his best characters, but it was really awesome to see, and maybe some things we really... We wouldn't really see at other like majors like Apex, um, and I guess that was part of the excitement too, and maybe why some people were chanting like a brawl revival or some sort of um, you know growth and popularity of brawl because it kind of has fallen yeah, off. It'll since be the interesting to Smash see 4. if people actually make good on you know their claims of wanting to you know go back into brawl. You know that remains to be seen if people actually you know start doing that at a local level which would make it grow at a larger level but we did get to see some good play i was really impressed by v115 and zero suit i really like some of that play i think with the growth of net play too though uh, we might have a better chance at that um i know it might not be obvious uh, for a lot of scenes to host brawl tournaments if there's somebody melee going on or smash for as uh, singles and doubles uh, Brawl or 64 might not be the easiest to run, especially to get like an interest. You need at least eight people to run like a proper bracket. Um, so I think with net play, there's a better chance there. Uh, so I'm really happy to see like a scene. Yeah, the net play code got like play. upgraded recently too. Another shout out to Pitch Zero One. Yeah, I mean, if anyone out there's listening and you're like, maybe I want to see some Brawl, or maybe I just want to see if people will enter Brawl, set up a couple Wii's at your venue. And, like, have a $1 entry tournament. Most people have an extra buck with them, and a lot of people will enter for fun. Like, at worst, I I guess the best way I could put, like, the matches at Super Smash Con, especially near the end, they were playful. People were having fun. And that's a great thing about Brawl. You can just have a really great time. You can, you know, take it seriously, but it's still really fun. A dollar and an extra Wii or two on the side is totally worth it. Like, and then you get to say, hey, I host Brawl, too, which is kind of neat, and you might get some niche competitors or anything over too. It's it's if the, and it's the same thing for sixty four. Find someone around you who has a Nintendo sixty four and Smash. There is probably someone in your town. I promise that game is so popular, and everyone loves the N sixty four. Set one up. Just say hey, yeah. dollar, or literally set it up. There's there's been a lot of cool talks about tournaments where people literally just bring money for money matches. Like, they bring, like, $5, and everyone just kind of competes. Yeah. Set up a couple Brawl consoles and say, that's what we're doing there. Everyone go play each other. Or, you know, there's some 64. Go do it. You don't necessarily need to run, like, an official tournament or a real bracket or round robins or anything. You could just set, yeah, set up a few, like, setups, uh, and then just have people play each other and play friendlies or whatever and see the interest in that. Um, people always love any Smash games, so obviously I'm pretty sure it's pretty much guaranteed there's people that are going to play it, even though there's no bracket running or many matches would happen and stuff would happen like that. So, yeah, anything really to support. Yeah, and especially if anyone's um, looking to uh, really particularly interested in the whole Brawl thing, there is a Brawl subreddit, r slash ssbb. 
for some reason that was hard to come in my head. It's small but growing. Check that out a little bit. You know, like, say hi to some people. There's some really dedicated people to brawl in there. Like, really dedicated people to brawl. And if you are <laughs> interested in potentially doing more with brawl or writing about brawl, you should contact me directly. Hint, hint. There's no kind of projects in the works about helping to revive Brawl, or... Yes, there is. Yeah, get a hold of me if you're really interested, because I want to help, you know, support whatever I can. And heck, if you're interested in 64, get a hold of me, too. We can we can hook you up with some good people to help you learn how <laughs> to do stuff with, you know, hosting things with tournaments and stuff like that. I know Pidge wrote an entire article for Melee It On Me about getting Smash 64 in your scene. Like, after seeing this stuff at the tournament and seeing how much people have fun with that, and 64, which I know is going to come up next, I want to see it at more majors, and I want to see it at more locals, both of them, because that would just be awesome. That's one of the really neat things about this community, too. There's always really, really dedicated people that are going to support whatever game they like or whatever series they like. Um, So that's how I don't think we get to see this kind of support for this many different games in a series like many other yeah. places in esports so it's really yeah, cool well yeah this. and if you're really really brave set up a computer and see if people will play super smash flash <laughs> it's it's um, it's fun to sync up controllers and buttons it's fun but it's it's been done i guess <laughs> but it, it it is a fun game so yeah like go out go out and try to play these host these things bring people in it's it's really neat so, I guess, good segue, Smash 64 was also really, really good at Super Smash Con. Yeah. I don't want to say it's just because Isaiah wasn't there, but I mean, I was looking over the results for a lot of the characters. There was a lot more Pikachus, I think, at this major than normal. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Some Smash 64 fanatics out there are probably going to, you know, skin me alive somehow. But, like... Looking looking it over, I noticed there was, like, not in, like, the top eight. Like, real, way high up, there was a ton of variety. Like, we saw Donkey Kong, Yoshi, Kirby. Like, it was really neat. But, like, all the people, you know, like, just before that top eight cutoff, it was like, Pikachu, 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 Pikachu. So, I know, and I mean, I know a lot of people who, you know, maybe just barely casually follow 64 know that Pikachu is pretty much considered one of the best characters in the game. So... It's really neat comparing that to, you know, Melee, where everyone says, like, Sheik is super dominant. Uh, not Sheik. Uh, Fox is super dominant. And then Smash 4, where I'm actually going to get it right this time, and Sheik is super dominant, where the results don't really show that. <laughs> and, like, in Smash 64, when people say, yeah, Pikachu's pretty good, there's actually a little bit, like, there's actually a nice line of them all in a row. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people talk about it, too. Smash 64, to me, always seemed like the most balanced Smash game, because... We, you know, when you get, even with Pikachu being so good, you get an awesome variety. And it's just neat to watch it. Even, you know, we talk about how old Melee is and we still play it. 64 was on, like, the main stage, had a giant crowd, and is still kicking with a ton of character variety and new stuff. It's so cool. Yeah, Pikachu definitely isn't as dominating as other characters can be in other games. There is a lot of room for challenges. And if you're you know, take a, you can take a character pretty far in that game, especially at the top level. As we've seen, you know, Yoshi has definitely gotten a little in you know the past you know couple of years definitely you know risen up and shown that Yoshi really is you know one of the best. And Samus, 
Samus has moved up on that tier list a lot. Yeah, there's a new tier list for anyone who doesn't know or, again, just really casually follows 64. Go look at that. Luigi is apparently on the bottom now, so it's very interesting. They couldn't... There's a Japanese Samus that you just can't ignore results after a while, you know? <laughs> Does puts in some crazy good work. Yeah, I think, like, Brawl, um, well, it's one of the smaller games, too, so... Yeah, there's definitely really, really dedicated people that are going to put a lot of effort to get their game on a main stage at events like Super Smash Con. So it was really yeah, cool to see and, this. Yeah, and really I do. I want to see it at more places. I, I know that um, recently there was a Smash 64 only like major, which was cool. Like that is just awesome beyond all belief. So I, I think I know that there's like certain communities, like there's spots in Canada where there's a ton of 64 players. There's certain spots, you know, around the United States where there's, like, pockets of people. Yeah. It'd be cool to expand out a little bit so the travel wouldn't be so bad. And there wouldn't really need to be those tiny little pockets. There'd be, you know, big groups that could all actually come together. The best chance we have at that is Netplay. Maybe I'm just uh, too focused on Netplay. But, um, yeah, I really think that our best chance there cause, uh, is through Netplay to have bigger events. Because, yeah, like, like you're saying, there's a lot of pockets of players, like little local regions that have a lot of high interest in 64, but I don't think they necessarily want to all travel to one place yeah, for one the, big and event. And Netplay is a big reason of why 64 is still so popular. Like, people play constantly. I know there's like a weekly Netplay tournament on Calero. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. But <laughs> you're really right, though. Netplay is awesome for 64. Yeah, but... One of the things that was, you know, further established, you know, this tournament was, of course, the dominance of Super Boom Fan, you know, with Isaiah not in the mix. You know, Super Boom Fan just really shows just how dominant he is at this game. I'm really looking forward to seeing more because I know Isaiah cannot come out to as many events. You know, you have a life, you have a job. It, it sucks. I mean, everyone probably knows those blues. So, yeah, I sure. mean, the man to beat ten, right now at tournaments tends to be Super Boom Fan. So it'll be cool to see if anyone really steps up and puts up a big challenge there. I don't know if that'll happen. I'd, I'd love to see it. And maybe maybe people listening, you know, when this gets up on Smashboards, pop in comments. If you know anyone who, like, regularly beats him on Netplay or something that we just don't know about, tell us so we can, you know, get all excited and hype people up. I don't know when the next Smash uh, 64 Major would be. Because I know it's not at a lot of bigger Smash tournaments. Like, it's not at Big House, I don't think. Well, yeah, it's not. The, the, the Big House has said that it's going to be two Smash games, basically. Two big games, and that's it. He's very, very firm on that. This year, it's Melee and Smash 4. It's understandable, too. If you're going to have uh, huge tournaments, like, potentially over a thousand entrants for each game, I don't think it's possible to run four five games there's definitely going to be side events and just people just hanging around and spectators you got you need your room uh to host a lot of people so you can't fill up everything uh not to dig in controversy or anything but there was some problems with apex uh with the original room they had the original location they had so to run four games, so we don't want another problem like that to yeah, happen again at Big House. Yeah, that's definitely not worth it. I mean, if you can't um, if you can't schedule it within reason and safety, it's not worth it. Super Smash Con had, from what I've been hearing, 
they had a ton of space. I mean, we knew it from all the, you know, the, like, what is it, like 10,000 square feet of smash in the advertisements, but people were, like, amazed at how nice it was to get around. I kept seeing people just raving on Twitter how awesome it was. Friendlies, you know, there's yeah. tons of space for friendlies. Though Those guys got a venue that was awesome, and they got really lucky. I don't, I, I mean, I have no idea what the kind of price is and stuff on that. I tried to look into that stuff at one point, but... They, they must have just done a killer job. They really did this well. Hopefully it 2016 a, was a announced. Thing. So I'm hoping it's a yearly thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be. I know uh, Tafo was, you know, saying that it'd be a good replacement for Apex on Twitter. And I'm thinking definitely it is, you know, going to, whether it's a replacement or not, going to be just one of the big standard tournaments for Smash looking forward. It could eventually become one of the bigger tournaments and potentially replace Apex. I don't know if that's a necessity, but um, it could. It's on the East Coast, um, huge venue. It's not only about tournaments either. There's other events, there's panels, um, there's other entertainment. So yeah, I'm sure it could have the potential of becoming something way bigger than it already is. I think the fact that we saw Brawl and Smash 64 uh, so well represented there and uh, excitement gathered for the event, I think it shows that this event might just be what those games need. Um, a new event that supports them and that might put them in the spotlight maybe for like a weekend of the year. I think SmashCon might yeah, I know become something it's bigger. it's normally been that Apex has been the de facto, you know, must go to smash event it's you know when you think of big smash tournaments you think of apex and i think really what they showed here you know showcasing all the games showcasing the panels they really you know made a claim for no we're going to be the de facto you know big smash event of the year i think they did a really good job pulling that off yeah definitely because i mean i've only i've really only heard positive things minus i've heard one negative thing and I'm guessing anyone who is watching the stream, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put anyone down. The, the music that was live streamed, people reacted, um, nicely to it, I suppose, with as much sarcasm as I can muster. Like, that, that's, <laughs> that's literally the only complaint I've heard, though. Like, that's just, that's it. That's true. And, you know, something, some things are going to be, well received something are going to be received a little more poorly but uh, at least stuff was organized and maybe some stuff to review for next year and if SmashCon happens again next year well then maybe uh you know quirks like that could be fixed and the entertainment next year could maybe more uh maybe hit the demographic better i don't and know they, how um, to put it like oh, oh wait wait i did hear i did hear one unique complaint Juggle Guy said the bracket was going too fast. <laughs> the tournament was too well run. Yes, really? at one point he was actually, like someone was talking about this on Twitter, he said we need to slow down a little bit or we're going to get too far ahead of schedule. How often does that happen at a tournament? And you can get too far ahead of schedule so that the main stage isn't it's open. <laughs> at a tournament Yeah, like size. that. that just is an amazing credit. Because, I mean, I know there's stuff on the main stage and they can't go up there, you know, till it's ready. So being ahead of time in this large of an event, that is inc 
incredible. Like, shout-outs to all of the tournament staff there. They did an amazing job. Yeah, it really shows so, um, how well-run the event was. We want to go to, like, Smash 4 stuff? Yeah, I mean, Smash 4 definitely had sure. an exciting top 8. You know, one of the best things about, you know, Smash 4 was that we finally saw some chips and Zero's armor, and he's come the closest to losing a set in quite a while. Sam, if you listen to this podcast, why did you go Yoshi? Just, just why? You could have maybe at least reset the bracket. Why? (laughs) Oh, that was a heartbreaker. But, I mean, that, that was an amazing game. I mean, that was like last stock, just about last hit situation. That was incredible. Like, Zero has got to be a little bit worried and on his toes now. That was impressive. And, I mean, that really wasn't the only amazing game either. We had Fatality finally showing, you know, a Falcon placing really high at a major. Like, Falcons do really well locally, regionally, and at tournaments, like, all the time. But they usually, like, they usually like a cutoff point where they kind of drop off. I think this is, like, the first really big major we've seen a Falcon, like, somewhere, like, in a top four kind of range. So that's really neat and exciting for that character, too. So, you know, all the all the Falcon fans out there. We keep, I mean, the game is relatively young, too, and we keep getting patches, but the character variety has also been really nice. And our top eight and everything else was really rather awesome. Like, I was looking through the top 32 today. There's a ton of characters spread out all over the place. I mean, yeah, we have our fair shares. Of Sheiks and Foxes and some Luigi's, you know, some of the common ones. But it's neat to see these niche picks or rare picks. Like, um, Nairo pulling out Dark Pit and things like that, too. It's, it's, was just a great tournament to see matchups you'd never see. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely saw DK Will make top eight, and that was, you know, really exciting to see him get all the way there. Yeah, and I mean, there's been people commenting. He did use a lot of Sheik in pools and stuff. But he he pulled out Donkey Kong against Diddy Kong. He didn't go chic, you know, like in big streamed matches in the top. So that that gives you some confidence. It makes you look at Donkey Kong as a character too. Like maybe with the right bracket or maybe he's got some potential we have missed. Of course, DK Will has done the same thing back, you know, in Brawl too, where he would like beat Mewtwo King out of nowhere or something like that. So player skill is definitely a factor, but it is so cool to see such a wide variety of characters who encompass different playstyles, like a big heavy character, a small fast character, you know, something more projectile based. It's it's neat. There's a really good variety in the top. The buzz getting out rather early too to fatality. That was that was definitely an upset and which has been really interesting. You know, so many people talk about Rosalina being crazy dominant or, you know, like a pain in the butt to deal with. And our one big Rosalina rep has had a harder, like, not a bad time, but a harder time at Evo. And, you know, now just had a rough time at Super Smash Con. I think some people are, especially near the top, are finally learning how to play around the character. And I think, I, I don't want to say DeBuzz's results will drop off. But, you know, I mean, he had to go all Amar to try to deal with Captain Falcon. So it's going to be neat. I wonder if he will pick up another pocket secondary, because it did not look like Olimar was really doing the work that he needed it to. I really do think that results at this tournament are really just uh, to show what really is to come. 
um, Isan coming really close to beat Zero. Maybe we're going to send upside at Big House. Uh, Nairo having really close sets with Isam. Again, showing that he has the potential there too. Um, I really th- And Fatality again uh, with his fourth place placing. I really do think that at SmashCon, uh, not SmashCon, at Big House, we might see an upset. I really wonder who is going to be the one to dethrone Zero of his you it's know, 50 tournament win streak or whatever. Yeah, Isam looks like the prime candidate. A lot of people thought it was Nairo for a while, and Nairo is definitely, I mean, you definitely can't count him out either. I mean, he's definitely doing good. Him and Isam went 3-2, so twice well, at SmashCon. So, they actually you know, had the Isam knocked Nairo out in both Brawl and Smash 4 you know, yeah. to get second place in each game himself. So, which is which is so neat. <laughs> yeah, it's you know definitely a rivalry between those two now. But one of the most refreshing things about the Smash Four top eight was just how fast paced the matches were. People like to you know give a lot of slack for Smash Four you know being slower, but that's just really not the case. And you know this tournament definitely showed that at a top level, this game is really fast paced and exciting. And definitely really fun to watch, really fun to play. The game is evolving, and that is to be expected too. You know, the game is still really, really young, and the meta is changing. We're seeing characters uh, being dominant right now. You know, Sheik, uh, Diddy Kong was dominant, Zero Suit Samus. We're seeing, um, we're seeing characters are being really strong, but, you know, it takes somebody else, you know, to just take a character like Pikachu or Dark Pit, or whatever the case may be. Just take a character and make him really strong, and maybe that's going to evolve as something in the meta shift around that character, and that person might just become really strong. The game is still too young, really, to call it too slow and just dismiss it. Uh, you know, it's going to change, it's going to get faster, and yeah, it's just going to evolve soon. It's it's not even a yeah, year and, old at this point. So. And speaking of surprises and stuff, too, I hope to see Kamikario at the big house. I heard that there was a friendly match played with him and Zero where his Lucario actually was um, a little more than dominant. I don't, I don't think the recording of that is apparently going to come out because it was, like, randomly done privately in a room or something, which, you know, stinks, but... Don't count any characters out yet. There might be some really interesting counterpicks. Like, she can't kill early, so Lucario gets insanely strong. You know, there's a couple of those characters that... I, I, I really do feel like this game, at some point, is going to come down to character counterpicking in a really good way. Like, there's going to be times where even those top characters, they have those niche matchups that they can't handle as well. Like, even um, at CEO, we saw Esam pull out Samus against Luigi, and... The way Samus works in her play style and how slidey Luigi is, it actually kind of works. So I, I really hope to see more of that too. Like, that would be really exciting. Another thing I would really like to see is for people to stop taking Sheik to Smashville. But apparently that's too difficult for some people to understand. I don't know. Maybe I I literally posted a thing um, on Twitter, you know, saying, you know, because Nakat didn't go to Smashville game one. He may not have won that first match with Pikachu, but he did way better than most people who go to Smashville Game 1 against Zero Sheik. Like, way better. And I think I got somewhere, like, on 50 favorites, like, in the 40s of retweets, you know, saying stop picking Smashville. 
So guys, stop picking Smashville against Sheik, please. Please, it's not a good decision, I promise. Go go learn your counter picks. It's so worth it. Or even on the starter list, there's like four other stages. There's bound to be one better for you than like a temporary almost transforming walk-off where she can kill you out of nowhere, like <laughs> just nail your stock. Like, ugh. I do see what you're saying, you know, with the Sheik and the, you know, Sheik definitely... You know, gets her kills from carrying you know characters off the stage and hitting them up with a bouncing fist, and that Smashville platform, when it extends past the stage, can really aid that. But one of the things that I probably disagree with some is you know the whole thought that she can't kill. I mean, we we've really seen it from both Zero and Mister R. I've you know noticed games where they were having better. They were having better opportunities to kill than their opponents. I feel like, you know, in the early, earlier Brawl days, you know, there was the whole thing where Meta Knight couldn't kill. But really, once he was more perfected, killing wasn't really the biggest of issues. And I think I'm starting to see that with Sheik, too, now. Yeah, I can, I can definitely say she has opportunities. And she's got lots of great traps and stuff to kill and stuff, too. Like, I, I can agree with that. I still think, I mean, I know, well, mostly because she only has, you know, a select number of kill moves. It's a little harder, but at a high level, I don't know. I guess those players are just that good. And, I mean, and they're going to be able to use, you know, you maybe have your up air, your vanish, bouncing fish in certain situations. Their grenade in rare situations, too. Like, but if they can always pressure their opponents into using them because they're that good, it doesn't matter if they're rare or few. You're right. Like, they're going to just keep getting better. But just stop going to Smash. I, I mean, I, I've literally, I've, I've joked around a little bit where I've wanted to write an article, like asking why do Smash Four players like to lose. Like that was going to be my title, but I was worried that people would think I was Inferno Omni. <laughs> Sorry, Omni. <laughs> but shout like, outs to Omni. <laughs> yeah, shout outs to Omni. But <laughs> I, I wonder if it is a. Like, a lot of people say, you know, they pick it because they are comfortable there. They play there a lot. So, like, if I'm playing someone who's really good and they might be better than me, maybe I can win, you know, by feeling comfortable. And uh, practice on other stages. I'm I'm more worried that people are picking it out of pure laziness or, like, a social stigma and pressure. I've heard things where people go to tournaments and they say, no, I really do want to strike stages. I don't want to go to Smashville. Like, people really rag on them for that, like, and are almost mean about it and sigh and moan and groan. Like, if you're one of those people doing that at tournaments, stop, please. Playing to win is a thing, and it's really important. And if they want to actually strike stages, that's a good thing. If you're too lazy to strike stages... Please just take a little bit of time and learn all the stages on a stage list. Most places have like five starter stages. You can you can learn them. You know, like at worst, even if like places still some places still run like the Evo rule set with full list stage striking, like seven stages or nine stages, you can figure them all out and know where to go. Don't always go to Smashville. It's not always the best pick. So I don't know. Yeah, here's another one, listeners. If you've been harassed for not trying to not pick Smashville at a tournament, tell us. And if you have your own unique reasons for always going Smashville, maybe I'm missing something, tell us. Because it's just something that, 
bugs me and confuses me. I'm, I'm really hoping it's the familiarity thing, so people will slowly move out of it and not the laziness thing. Although, I mean, I do admit I'm worried a little bit sometimes that it's the laziness thing after people said it was too hard to strike nine stages at EVO. I don't... Maybe people don't remember MLG Brawl where there was like over 15 stages legal and one ban. I don't know. Maybe I'm old and I'm more patient. I don't know. So, I, I don't know. I Have you guys ever gone to tournaments? Maybe you guys have experienced this too. I I don't know. I think people are going to learn the counterpicks better as, you know, as more tournaments happen. And I think people might eventually learn that Smashville is not always the pick to default to. But I don't know. Stageless um, for the game should we'll be see, interesting too in general. I know, um, like I think it was SoCal. It was either SoCal or NorCal. Shoutouts to whichever Cal. SoCal. It's yeah, SoCal. That, yeah, has like um, maybe seven stages legal now. Cut out a lot of counterpicks, got rid of Castle Siege, got rid of Delfino, got rid of Halberd. Yeah, they got rid of the transforming stages. So now you have a starter list of Battlefield, Dreamland 64, Omega slash FD, Smashville, and Town and City, with your counterpicks being Duck Hunt and Lilac Cruise. Yeah, and I mean, that's not like Japan levels of conservative. But it is a rather conservative rule set, you know, I mean, at least in terms of the states. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that catches on, if those counterpicks go. I know a lot of people are still really big fans of those, too. There's there's a lot of debate going on with stages, so, I mean, get involved with that. If you're a listener here and you're not, you know, on Twitter, get on Twitter, talk to some of your favorite players, get their opinions, go on Smash Boards. There's a whole thread just to talk about stage legality. It's It's totally worth it. Like, there's a lot of great people in there, and not everyone loves... There's this bad stereotype, like, everyone there wants everything legal. Trust me, that is not the case. We all get to argue about, you know, even some of the most tame stages, like, if they should be legal or not. It's it's really good stuff. Like, go and educate yourself. Learn a bit about stages. You know, and on rule sets, I'm curious, too, to see how Mies go in the future. Right now, Chivo is running a really big poll on that. Go find that. It's really easy to find. It's been on the subreddit. It's on, like, smash for you Go vote. Like, if you really have an opinion on Mies, or if you really if you like to play them, I know there's not many out there who do, but, you know, go and express how you feel on that. Because, I mean, I know DePuffster has straight up said he's almost basically going to consider retiring if he can't at least play, you know, like, a standard-sized me with the moves he wants. And I know a lot of me mains have issues because 111 sucks for basically every single me, maybe minus Sword Fighter, and even then that's eh. So if you want to get involved, you know, in discussing rule sets, you're going to tournaments, you're invested in the scene, go and start talking to people, educate yourself. It's it's worth it. it it's it's good to get into the debate and get involved. Because otherwise, you know, you're gonna see whatever major like, I know the big house won't have me's and stuff like that, too. So, I mean, if you really want to have your voice heard, go and shout really, really loudly. You know, politely, but loudly. Make sure you get heard. I, I wanted to ask you guys, too. I don't know if you heard anyone talking about this there. Because um, Super Smash Con banned wireless controllers completely. Like, not even Wiimotes, nothing. And the big house is going to have that, and a lot of other tournaments are kind of following suit. 
Were there complaints at the venue about that? Or did you hear, maybe you saw stuff on Twitter, people talking like, it stinks that I have to use only a GameCube controller? I don't think, I, I don't, I haven't really heard anything uh, complaining about the lack of wireless controllers. And I'm actually for the banning of, well, not necessarily banning, but, well, I guess banning, but not allowing wireless controllers because it messes with a lot of logistics. I, I understand I the Wii Pro because, I mean, there's no proper way to sync it, like unsync it. You, you can't. I mean, I know that sucks, and I'm sorry. I, I mean, I've played with it a long time, too. I'm getting myself a new GameCube controller to get off learning it, you know, and try to get good on GameCube again. So I know the struggle, personally, but, I mean, having a tournament match get stopped in the middle of nowhere and having no idea where you, the guy with that controller is, that sucks for a T.O. And there's no great way to unsync it, so I understand. I would encourage tournament organizers out there to allow Wiimotes... And if someone signs up with a Wiimote, like, make them literally say, I'm going to play with a Wiimote, like, make them tell you or something. Because taking the batteries out of a Wiimote has never been that huge of a problem. It worked okay in Brawl. I bet it can work now. There's not that many people using the Wiimote. But, like, people who want to move away from the Wii Pro, they might be able to move to, like, some of the, like, Wii, like, classic controller kind of stuff. Some of those are closer in design, and you can plug them into the Wiimote. That would be a really great compromise. For, you know, all the TOs who are listening and want to take my random opinion and stuff. It, it would be really nice to people. But it is interesting. I heard so many people talk about how there would be tons of complaints about people not being able to use their controller that they wanted. So hearing that you guys haven't heard anything from that, that's that's interesting. Maybe it is not as big of a deal as people are making it out to be either. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there definitely are a lot of benefits from wired controllers. And people, for the most part, players prefer them. And I think the people who prefer their, you know, alternate setups will, you know, just get used to it. You know, if it becomes the standard and it will end up being the worst of things. Well, we probably, well, I mean, especially me, I know I've talked to you a lot off on uh, Smash 4, so... Let's have some fun and get into Melee, because Melee had some good matches, too, and some awesome moments. I'm, if anyone follows me on Twitter knows or does anything, you probably know I'm a huge fan of Axe, because my two-year-old daughter is a huge fan of Axe. He is her favorite player. I got him to <laughs> sign an Amiibo for her at Evo. Shoutouts to Axe, if for some reason you're listening, buddy. She absolutely loves it. So there was a lot of cheering and screaming in the house today and running around and jumping. And so we were all very happy here, but there was some other good matches as well for you guys, you know, for watching. Like, what was your favorite match that took place maybe top eight or top 32, too, if there was something that was really good there? I definitely really like seeing MACD versus Axe. Now, that was definitely my, you know, it was a great 3-2 set. and. I was really enjoying seeing the possibility of the upset in that one. It was pretty darn entertaining. Um, if I wasn't choosing a set with Axe, oddly enough, I think I'd probably pick Mac D versus Nintendude as well. Like, that was that was probably the best showing I've seen for an Ice Climbers versus a really good Peach when that's such a crud matchup in a long time. That was that was a cool match to watch. 
Uh, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Axe. Uh, Axe versus West Balls. Yeah, that was a good set. Even though it was three one, um, it was really close, and I don't know, it was really entertaining. I really love to see both of those players play. Uh, they're you know, they're probably the next two players after the top six in terms of skill, and I'm like both those players have proven that they could fight with the top six. They've taken sets off gods um before so i don't know i just really love seeing both of those I'd players definitely play probably contest and say plup definitely might you know edge those two out a bit at this current point you know pro- i'd probably say i'd probably say maybe That's not true. axe because axe is very very consistent but west balls does have his bit of inconsistency where i feel plup's currently being more consistent but all three are definitely the three behind the six gods. And it's it's interesting because I mean, seeing Mewtwo King That's there too true. after Evo, like Mewtwo King, of course, he's been having constant problems with his hands. It's I think that is this his first like really good showing at a big event in a while. I really th- I if I really think it has been, unless I'm forgetting another bigger event he's been to, which is it's possible. I don't have a perfect memory, so. A lot of people have talked about, you know, is Mewtwo King in that full contention for staying on the top? Like, and I obviously after today, I mean, yeah, he had a, some hard games against Leffen and all that, but he's obviously still got some skill. And if he can get his hands in shape, I definitely, you definitely cannot count him out as a threat at a tournament ever. So it'll be interesting to see if he can keep focusing on melee. I know he's been having a hard time finding mains in Smash 4, so... You know, Mewtwo King, go and see a doctor. Because I know Mewtwo King's probably listening to this podcast. Every All the cool kids listen to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Everybody listens to this podcast. If you don't listen to this podcast, well, you're not Yeah, you're going to miss right out now, on, so. like, super cool Whatever. stuff. Just telling you. So, going ahead and speaking of Mewtwo King, I'm fairly certain he was the only one to get a game off of Leffen at this tournament unless Leffen dropped something really low in pools or something like that, which I very much doubt. Yeah, I don't Uh, think he did either. The final grand final set, he did manage, Mewtwo King did manage to pick off a game off Leffen. But other than that, Leffen was looking as strong and as dominant as he was in all the tournaments preceding Evo. In fact, Evo ended up, you know, looking like just a little blip where he <laughs> fell off a bit and, you know, got fifth, whereas now, you know, back to dominance. That's Samus. Uh... Leffen has been crazy cause since Yeah, and his attitude has year. been awesome, too. Like, and I, I want to try to credit some of that to that. He's been, you know, giving shout-outs to people on Twitter, admitting, you know, that was an awesome game, like at Evo when he fought Plup. He took that, that defeat really well, and from what I heard, he's tried to find some, you know, good Samus players to practice against. So, I mean, I, there's not too many Samuses in Europe, at least from my knowledge. I think it's like, I want to say there's like maybe one, and I'm going to space on the name because I suck right now. So I know that's probably not easy for him to practice it, but I I hope he can, like, that seems to be his one Achilles heel, and I hope he can get over that one, because then, I mean, it would be like him along the realms of Armada. The Swedish dominance is incredible right now like usa yeah. players come on guys we we, we got to get better i'm not normally you know super patriotic or anything but 
this like we've had Sweden on top of almost every single like is it just about every single major during the summer smash Sweden has come out on top so it's I don't know Sweden's almost starting its own little dominant streak like on on top of everything else like and Europe too like um Ice came to Evo he had some rougher brackets like I didn't I actually did an interview with him over at Smash Europe like a little mini interview you can check that out it's pretty sweet like over doing the whole overview of Evo you know, worn out, he traveled, he did a bunch of stuff. If we start seeing more Europe and our U.S. events, which is more than possible, or us over there, be scared. Stay on your toes, U.S. Those guys have got some scary good players. And, I mean, we even saw BAM 7-2. Australia is heavily improving. Their melee scene has been, like, blowing up over there and just getting huge. So the international threats are starting to become a really real thing. And to me, that's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely part of, you know, going towards a global eSport, which is very nice to see. Oh, I totally forgot. Sorry, I got a shout-outs to Demna, who came all the way from Kuwait for Smash 4 at Super Smash Con, and placed well. Yeah, international indeed. We uh, We had a Kuwait player come. That is awesome. Pretty sure he was in top 32, which is, like, epic. So, yeah, definitely an international game going on here. But, yeah, stay, stay on your toes, guys. And all you U.S. players, come on, the big house. I want to I wanna see Armada and Leffen not win the big house. Somebody do this for me. I, I love those two guys, and they're amazing, and they're highly skilled, but someone take them out. Well, I do think you're jumping a bit ahead of yourself, because before the big house, I do believe we still have Paragon upcoming. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's next it's weekend. It's September. No, not ne- like how we've been after we, we've been talking about the big house this whole podcast, and we've yet to mention that we love you, Paragon. We promise. Okay, so beat them at Paragon then, and then beat them at the big house I as well. I was thinking about Skatar for. Yeah, we do have Skatar, Paragon, the big house. Yeah, Skatar is next. Yeah, Skatar is soon. Uh, Skatar is, I believe, on the twenty second and twenty third. Of this month. 20. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So, and then Paragon yeah, is Speaking in of big tournaments, you know, Super Smash Con obviously ended up being one of the biggest tournaments. And I think it'll be interesting to see how it establishes itself in 2016. Because right now I'm thinking the big events of 2016 will probably be, you know, CEO. The Big House, Super Smash Con, Paragon, and then anything, if Evo and MLG pick up the game at all, those would be big. I would, um, I would add to that list purely speculatory, seeing that CEO anime is going to be a thing, and how big Smash has been getting. Jay Bailey, CEO Smash, let's do it. 64, Brawl, the whole works. Do it. Everyone will come, we promise. And I know people oh, have yeah. been people have been chatting about that and wanting that to be a possibility. So obvi- I'm not confirming this is a thing. Like, obviously, I have no idea, nothing whatsoever. But that would be something super cool to see happen and isn't, in, you know, entirely unlikely. So I'd love to see that happen, too. That would be epic. Oh, yeah. I know that. You know, CEO Taku has been hyped up 
by a lot of people, and for good reason. You know, CEO, the you know fighting game event, of course, is awesome. Everybody trusts Alex to do an amazing job as always. He's really shown himself to you know care about the scenes that he does the work for and puts on a good show of a good team. Yeah, so I'd love to. That's and that's especially why I'd love to see him do a Smash oriented event. Like I can only imagine how awesome that would turn out. Like that would be really, really cool. Yeah. And for all we know, some other super major might pop up. I mean, who knows? <laughs> super Smash Con just came into the scene just this year, so maybe, maybe going into the next year. I mean, who knows if Apex 2016 will be fully back or not? That's all still really, really fuzzy. And you know, people are worried about that, and they have their doubts. I mean, you know, there's logical reasons behind all that. So who knows if something will jump in to take its place, if that will happen or not. I I don't know why we all want to travel to that side of the globe during the middle of winter. Like, it would make way more sense to head towards the warmer climates. But maybe we will see a new winter major pop up near that. That makes a little more sense, too. I wouldn't be surprised, because a, a lot of these big TOs have been going out and doing more events and... Some people, you know, have been stepping up to do bigger things, too. So that excites me. Yeah, yeah. Um, put me in for there will be some sort of new major coming in in 2016 that's going to excite people. Yeah, I'm definitely sure. And, you know, we did just give a bunch of compliments to Alex for CEO. But we definitely need to give a bunch of comments to Justin, who put on Super Smash Con just now. And, you know, seeing his work pay off. It was nice seeing a really big Project M side event at both CEO and now Super Smash Con. So, yeah, definitely would love to see Project M get worked into the mix. Yeah, it's definitely nice to see, especially the Project M scene, keeping themselves alive, doing good work, hosting these side events that are, you know, big and really well done. There was a, uh, also on side events, there was a YOLO Smash 64 event, if you don't know what those are. One stock, items, random stage, random character locked in from the start. Um, another shout out to Justin for, you know, running this big event and doing something cool. He donated money towards a pot bonus for this YOLO tournament that got quite a few entrants, apparently. Just because he thought the idea was awesome. So <laughs> that that is just epic to me. So... Yeah. I But for real, though, I really do hope to see some more Project M and some things. And... I know that that has its own struggles and problems and stuff too, but if you guys love this game and you want to see it somewhere, you'll host a side event. I know you will. The Smash community is awesome for that. And I know for some events, they're still trying to put it on the main stage as a mage event. I hope that can happen too. Although, you know, looking at other... I know we're really looking at US-focused stuff too. Like, although it is also in the summer... Your The Smash Europe is still running their circuit, and I think that goes... I want to say that goes into November a little bit. I think there's like one big tournament that still is going on in November. But so I don't think anything like really in the winter time, but they're still running stuff. I know that Mexico has had some big majors recently, like in that region. And not just the one that Mr. R went to, you know, with Leo. There's been some other really big tournaments down there too. And of course, there's all kinds of different bigger stuff that's going on across the globe. And, you know, pay attention to your global scenes. There's cool stuff there. So... Well, guys, was was there any other hidden news or gems at Super Smash Con? I know I, I got the Super Smash Flash stuff done. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss that because you know that's 
that's a fun little announcement. A new character redone Mega Man. You know, that was neat. I'm trying to think of I know that there was a lot of positive reaction to the panels that were throughout the convention. Yeah, I so hope those things got recorded somehow. Yeah, there's a lot of those I want to hear. The the debate on customs I really want to hear. I want to hear that one went. Um, it's honestly, just about everything. Like, I can't think of one of the panels that was up there that I wouldn't be really happy to have online so everyone could watch it. <laughs> they they did an excellent job with programming there. I, I so, so regret not being able to make it. It's just, for me, it was too close after Evo. I couldn't budget it, which stinks. I tried really, really hard to, too. It's just, uh... Now I wish I would have, like, sold a kidney on the black market or something so I could have went. I- I'm kidding, people. I don't, don't <laughs> no. Don't, don't sell your organs to go to Smash tournaments. <laughs> Legal disclaimer there. Don't do that. Well, I guess if we've covered everything, and I feel bad. I've kind of jabbered a lot during this podcast. Sorry, I'm, I've been excited over the weekend. This is, it has been too much fun to watch all of these tournaments. I suppose we probably should wrap everything up. So, Duppy, where can people find you if they want to find you outside of the podcast? Um, you can come to my house. Uh, I don't <laughs> do much on Fridays. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Duppy D-U-P-P-Y-D-O-O-P. Um, I'm also on Reddit. Um, so you could find me. I'm gonna edit there. out the part where you said you were kidding. Editorial <laughs> privilege. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're all going to have awesome. a party at Duppy's house. Everyone yeah. is invited. That's going to be the next be major right in after. winter. Yes. <laughs> yes, Definitely. it will be in winter. We will all go have a Christmas bash. The Smash Christmas bash. <laughs> It's always winter oh, over here. So, Zivi, where can people find you? Right. You can always find me on Smashboards. You know, I'm one of the admins there, so if you go to the staff members page, you'll be able to find me. It's XIIVI. Or you can find me on Twitter. It's ZVZV, and that's at XIIVI, the letter Z, the letter V. And for all you people who don't know how to find me yet, especially because I kept telling people, you know, to contact me in the beginning of the podcast, I'm on uh, Smashboards, I'm on our sister site Squidboards, I am on Reddit, I am on Twitter, it's all under Smashcats, pretty easy to find. I'm always up to talk to anyone, you know, about, like, anything, so really don't hesitate to send me news tips, questions, whatever you want. I love to talk to people. The best place to keep up with me, for sure, is Twitter, because... I do a lot of writing. Like, seriously. The amount of articles, not even just for Smash, I put out every day is almost on the point of ridiculous at this point. So hit me up there and read some stuff about all kinds of awesome esports. Because, you know, there's a lot of great games out there. <sighs> well, guys, I suppose it's time to say goodbye to all the cool and awesome peoples who are listening to the podcast. So, bye, everybody. Um, thank you again for listening to the Smashboards podcast. This was recorded on Sunday, August 9th, 2015. Obviously, if you have suggestions for the next podcast or upcoming topics, pop them to us in on Smashboards, on Twitter, and we will make that happen for you guys. So thanks a ton for listening, 
and we'll see you next time.